This morning, we are beginning a sermon series we're calling Season of Giving, where we're looking at at what it means to be good stewards with all that God has given us. Now, usually, when we hear the word stewardship, what do we think of? Money. And all of you sit there and go, and squirm a little in your pew and think, did he just say sermon series? On stewardship? I know I'm not going to be here next week. I, I hope you will come back next week. But uh, the, the reality is stewardship, stewardship at its core is about so much more than money. Stewardship is about discipleship. Stewardship is a discipleship principle. It's about the way that we follow Jesus with our time, with our talent, with our treasure. It's all-encompassing. It is not just about money. So, yes, while we will talk about money over the next six weeks, the, the goal of this isn't to say, let's talk about money over and over and over again. It's let's talk about discipleship over and over and over again because as followers of Jesus we are called to be disciples to to take what we have and partner with what God is doing in the world now and today all of what we have our time our talent and our treasure now this church has an incredible uh, history an incredible legacy of, of mission and service to and in this community and we're going to we're going to hit on some of that legacy this next Sunday so you, you do want to be here for that um, But that history is rooted in the belief that that God has called us to use what we have for God's purpose. So as we dive in this morning, will you please join me in prayer? Let's pray together. Gracious God, we, we thank you for all that you've given us as individuals and as a community. Lord, as we spend the next few weeks talking through how we use our time, how we use our talent, how we use our treasure, we ask that you would be with us. And Lord, in these next few moments, we ask that you'd give us ears to hear what you have for us. And Lord, I ask that you would take my words and use them for your kingdom. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So our first passage this morning, and and what our our choir just so aptly sang, is, is the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. Reminds us that everything in the world, everything belongs to the Lord. Now, it's a psalm that's usually attributed to David, and there's a, a picture painted of, of this, this creating king, if you will, who, who's approached kind of reverently, maybe gently, by, by one of his subjects. It's, it's a picture of, of this person almost climbing a hill ever so carefully, calling out to the king of glory and saying, okay, okay, I get it, I'm, I'm here, I'm here, and I, I submit to you. I'm here, I'm here to worship you, who is this king of glory. You are the king of glory. Now, it's almost the same sort of image that we see in Exodus when Moses approaches the burning bush. And those of us that know that story, he, he hears God's voice from the, from the bush and, and is told to take off his sandals because he's standing on holy ground. Kind of this image of, oh... We're called to reverence when we're, we're, we're by, or, or to, to, to lift up this, this king of glory when we're, we're by and around God. And the reality is every Sunday when we come together to worship God together, we're called to come with that, that same sort of awe, that same sort of posture. So next Sunday when you walk in, if your shoes are out in the narthex as you come in to worship, that'd be fine. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's okay. 
But we do come together every Sunday to worship the God who created everything. To worship the King of glory. We come to worship on, on Sunday, but our relationship with God, our, our attempt to follow Jesus doesn't end and doesn't stop here. It continues into the rest of the week. And in reality, that's what stewardship is. It's, it's recognizing that everything we do is in response to that King of glory and what that King of glory has done for us. So we can become a community a church with deep roots and a wide reach by learning to be good stewards of everything that God, that we gather to worship, has given us. Again, this is not just about money. It's about our entire lives. And this phrase, deep roots with a wide reach, it's something that we're going to be coming back to over and over again throughout these next few, few weeks. And, and if we want to continue to be a church that has a meaningful impact in our community and, and, and into this world, it starts with stewardship. So my, my hope would be that this wouldn't be a, a word that scares us, but that we would recognize stewardship is ultimately about following Jesus. My hope is the sermon series would spark conversations among us. Kind of, kind of conversations around our community that will help us to ask questions about who we are and how we function on a day-to-day basis. Now, for many of us, the way we, we think about stewardship, how we view our time, how we understand our talent and our, our treasure, it all stems from, from the place where we, we were raised or the house in which we, we grew up. So, someone who lived through the Great Depression, for example, is going to view resources differently than someone who didn't. Right? Kind of, kind of makes sense. If you grew up in a home where both parents worked full time, the way you think about time management, the way you think about time management is different than someone who grew up in a home where one, only one parent worked and one parent stayed home. Now, as, as a kid, whenever stewardship came up in my house, my mom would tell the story of her two aunts, of her two aunts, who were both tried and true Methodists, tried and true Methodists, and they would bicker back and forth about giving to the church, back and forth about giving to the church. One supported international missionaries and saw that was a part of her tithe, and the other one said, no, the only thing that counts is if you give to the local church. And they would, go, they would go back and forth and back and forth with one another. And hearing those conversations, hearing those conversations shaped my mom as a child and then ultimately shaped me as well as I heard them. So the very first time that, that humans are mentioned in the Bible, it's, it's connected to the king, to the task the king of glory gave to his prized creation. We read it here. Then God said, let us make humankind in his image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit. You shall have them for food. 
and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and rested on the seventh day. Stewardship involves resting. God worked and worked and worked and rested. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, throughout history, historians, theologians, and scientists, they've gone back and forth over what we, we just read. The, the, the different dialogues around creation have been around for a long, long time. And it's important that we have those dialogues, that the church is a part of those conversations, especially as scientists figure out more and more. And I, I'm thrilled to be a part of a, a congregation that values those congregations to, or those conversations, to be a part of, of, of a, a denomination that, that, that values them as well. And however we read the creation account, what we, we just read, we, we can't deny that there's a picture painting of God as God being this, this kind of ultimate creator. God literally speaks the world into existence and then speaks again, giving humanity the authority over everything that's created. Have dominion, rule over fish of the sea, birds of the air, cattle, and all the wild animals. Every creeping thing. Think of all the creeping things you can think of. Every creeping thing on the earth. Plants in the trees. And before that, he talks about the, the, the relationships that we're called to manage, to take care of as well. The, the entire reason we're called to give of our time, of our talent, and our treasure is because we follow a giving God who has given us so much. We follow a God who has given us so much. So when we're good stewards with what we've been giving, we begin to live into our God-given purpose. Now, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful uh, that my three kids, when it comes to artistic abilities, don't take after me. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that they, they, they take, after, take after my wife, Haley. They know that, that Play-Doh makes me cringe. Something about anybody else like that? Or is, am I just that? Play-Doh, just, ugh. I don't know what it, what it is. Play-Doh Play -Doh makes me cringe, and if they want, want anything drawn beyond a simple stick figure, they, they need to go to Haley. It's just not happening. My, my daughter can color in between the lines much better than me already, and she's two. I wasn't talking about the seven-year-old. I was talking about the, the two-year-old. It seems like every week they, they hand me something that they're, they're created that they're just proud of. Right? I mean, we've got a wall of, of, of these in, in our house. And any of you remember having walls like these or currently have, have walls? Like, did, what'd you do with them, Ed? Like, what'd you did? Archive them. Archive them. Archive them. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do with all this stuff? Because they had, I mean, there's always something coming home. They're always creating. Sometimes it's created at home. And it's, it's not like I would ever take one of my, my kids' creations and, and, and say, oh, that's nice. 
And then the night just right, right in front of them. Uh, don't worry, this is just a blank of scrap paper. It's not one of my, my kids' precious, precious creations. But it's not like I would take something that they've created and in front of them just, just kind of rip it to shreds. Say, ah, it's just, just a kid's project. My kids put a lot of work into what they create. It's something that they hold dear. And when they give it to me, they're proud of the gift that they have given to me. And in the same way, God has given us gifts that God is incredibly proud of. And said, hey, take care of these. Manage these. And and whether or not we recognize it or or, or really want it, we, we have to recognize that we have some responsibility to take care of that gift. I mean, all too often we, we hear those stories of, of how folks fall short of, of being a good steward with what they've been given. Right? Talented athletes squandering their skills on one thing or another. A brilliant mind falling into some sort of temptation and robbing themselves and the rest of the world of their contribution. But what about us? What about you? What what about me? What about the gifts that each of us have been given? How are we using them? Are we being good stewards with what God has gifted us with? Now, I'd like to encourage us all sometime during this week to to take ten minutes, five minutes. We're, We're talking about time, talent, and treasure. You probably could take... Ten minutes, five minutes, hopefully sometime during, during the time of the week. And, and take some inventory. Sit down and take some inventory. What has God gifted you with? What, what, what has God gifted you with and how are you using those gifts? In a couple of minutes, we're going to hear about a few ways that we can use our gifts here at, at WPC over the next few months, really through the rest of the year. But, but it's also just not here at church that we're talking about when we talk about stewardship. This is about following Jesus with our whole selves, with our entire lives outside the walls of the church in our homes, our places of work, our communities, our neighborhoods. Remember, everything that we have is God's anyway. And when we follow God's model and and creatively give of ourselves, we establish deep roots that have a, a, a wide reach. Now, usually whenever Scripture comes up, or whenever stewardship comes up in, in Scripture, we see a, a, a picture painted. We see a picture painted of a manager taking care of something for, for an owner. So over the summer, we, we talked through the parable of the talents, where Jesus tells the story of the uh, owner entrusting his servants with, with different sums of money to invest those sums well, and, and, and one doesn't. Then there's the, the parable of the workers in the vineyard and the story of the, the faithful and unfaithful servant. Every time that Jesus talked about stewardship, it's, it's under this understanding of you take care of what has been given to you. You have some responsibility. Use it well. They're all about being good managers, good caretakers with our time, our talent, our treasure, that's been given by the Master. And Peter and Paul continued calling the earliest Christians to be good stewards with what they've been given. 
Now, this is a conversation that, that I, it's a journey. It's a journey to, to live into being a, 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 a good steward with all that God has given us. It's not like we wake up one day and say, all right, I'm going to completely change my schedule. I'm going to completely change the way that I use my money. It is a, it is a, a process, a, a learning process. And it's a journey that I'm, I'm excited for us to kind of talk through over the next few weeks. The reality is our neighborhoods, our communities, our country, wherever we turn, are in need. It's in need of generous people, people who use their gifts well. And our church has such a strong legacy of, of taking the gifts that we've been given and benefiting the communi- community in tangible, real ways. And I want to engage that conversation some more over the next few weeks. In the 16th chapter, the 16th and 17th chapter of Jeremiah, Jeremiah prophesies about what was going to happen to the people of, of Judah. They're, they're about to be led into exile and, and, and Though generations down the road, some of them, you know, might make their way back home, they'd expected to be to live in in kind of uncertain and and difficult times. And you read through Jeremiah's words, and he's he's kind of preparing them. Hey, here's here's what's coming. Be be ready for it. And while he's talking about this uncertainty, he paints two pictures, two two different types of people. One person who will head into it by turning away from God. God says this person will be like a, a shrub in the desert. I kind of picture a, a tumbleweed just kind of blowing, blowing through, through the desert. Eugene Peterson translates some of the, the, the words here, saying that the person will live rootlessly and aimlessly in a land where nothing grows. Again, that tumbleweed just kind of blowing aimlessly through, through the desert. And the other person, the other picture is a little different. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. They shall be like a a tree planted by water, sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. We, we, We all know that Life comes and goes. Things are are thrown different ways. When we talk about becoming a community that's established with deep roots that have a a wide reach, it's this this image that Jeremiah is is, is painting here. You can see Aubrey Aubrey Gray made a a cross here with a a tree in the middle of it with, with deep roots, wide reach, that's not anxious during the time of drought, that doesn't cease to bear fruit. It's a powerful, powerful image. And my hope is that we would be a church full of people with deep roots and a wide reach, who can withstand heat, who can withstand drought, and in the middle of it all continue to bear fruit as we do our best to be good stewards with the gifts that God has given each one of us. Let's pray. Loving and gracious and generous God, Lord, we ask that you'd help us to be good stewards of of all that you have given us, our time, our talent, our relationships, our treasure, of it all, Lord. We pray all these things in your name. Amen.